0: I couldn't say that a few years ago. Amen. And one thing I can tell you, even when you get bad news from the doctor, even when you're having symptoms Sister Michelle, I know for a fact I'm living proof God will bring you through. He will bring you through. It might be different, but God will bring you through. And I just want to be encouraged to people. God has been so good to me. I thank God for being here tonight. I thank him for being in the land of the living. I thank him for life, health, and strength. I thank him for my family. I thank him for my beautiful wife of 28 years. Hallelujah. I honor her tonight. I thank the Lord for my children. Amen, who have been a blessing to me. Yeah. Amen, they haven't caused a bunch of confusion, you know, in the midst of everything that we've gone through. We could have had kids that was acting a fool, but that wasn't the case. They've been a blessing, and I'm very proud of to God be the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, I want to get into the word tonight. Amen. I want to encourage us tonight, hallelujah. I want to ask everybody to turn to a couple of scriptures. We're going to begin in Luke, we're going to begin in Luke 3 and 23, Luke 3 and 23. Hallelujah. And after we read verse 23, we're going to skip down to verse 38. When you have it say amen, let us read. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. Skip down to 38 which was the son of Venus, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. I skipped all of those verses because it goes through the lineage of Joseph. And we all know, as scripture says, as was supposed. We know that biologically speaking, Joseph did not produce Jesus. Amen. Mary conceived, and she was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Amen. God overshadowed her and caused her to be with child. Amen. But when you go through the lineage, it traces his lineage all the way back to Adam. And he said after Adam, which was the son of God. At one point in time, Adam was the son of God. How do I know that? Because the scripture said so. Amen. Amen. But something happened to Adam to mess all that up. I want us to go to Genesis, the first chapter. Amen. I won't have you standing long, I promise. Genesis, the first chapter, and we are going to read verse 31. Say amen when you have it. Amen. Verse 31. Let's read. And he had made and behold, it was very good. Everybody say, very good. "Very good." Everything he made was very good. Read, and the evening and the morning were the six days. You may be seated. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for another day in the land of living. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word on tonight, Lord. I'm asking for your help on tonight, Lord. I can't do this by myself. I need you. I'm depending on you tonight. To help me through. Lord, please and the blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good, including man. It was very good. There were no flaws because God created him in his own image. Amen. It was good and it was very good. To God be the glory. We're going to go to Genesis, the second chapter, and we're going to read verses 16 and 17. Say amen when you have it. Genesis, the second chapter, verses 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Amen. Amen. So man had free will to eat of every tree of the garden. Amen. Is that what the scripture says? But there were restrictions. He didn't have complete free will. Amen. He could eat of all the other trees. But there was a commandment here in verse 17. He said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, Thou shalt surely die, amen, thou shalt surely die, thou shalt cease to be what I created you to be, amen, and I want to use for a topic as we go to Genesis the third chapter, the topic tonight is damaged goods, if you only knew the whole story, amen, all right, chapter 3 verse 1 and let's all begin reading in concert okay now remember at this point everything is good everything that God made was good and was very good uh-huh. and God was pleased so, so far, we're not in trouble, are we? Amen? But Satan's fishing, right? Verse 2, let's read. Read. Has fruit of the tree, is the of the God hath said, ye shall not eat of it. Does everybody have this scripture? I need to hear everybody read. Ye shall not eat of it, read. Read. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. So forget about what God is saying. Yeah. Amen. Ye shall not surely die. Doesn't the enemy always come and contradict what the Lord says? Amen. Amen. Verse 5, let's read. See, God just don't want you to become like him. You know, God is insecure, and he knows that if you eat this tree, you'll be like him. See, that was his hang-up in heaven. He wanted to be like the most high. And now he is, is trying to trick Eve with this same thing. Next verse, read. It's Good for food. To eyes. And he did. Amen. Now we're in trouble because now Adam has disobeyed the one commandment that God gave him. Right? Verse 7, let's read. I used to be able, me and Eve, we used to be able to walk around in our nakedness and not be ashamed. We were so pure, God had made us so well that we didn't feel any shame walking around unclothed. But now that Adam, and I'm putting the emphasis on Adam because when God gave this commandment to Adam, Eve was not in existence. Amen? And now that Adam has disobeyed God, now he has become something that God didn't intend for him to be. Adam and Eve, at this point, are damaged goods. Amen? And thank God for his grace and mercy. Because God could have said at that moment, you know what? That's it. I'm just going to extinguish man right here and there. I mean, I'm not even going to give y'all a chance to come together amen, and produce children. I'm just going to end it right now. But Adam's punishment came. He says, "Cursed is the ground. Amen. For that sake, I, 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 I could curse you. But no, I'm going to curse the ground, because I knew you were going to do this, and I already had plans for this. Amen. Anybody ever receive something in the mail, a package or something, and you got it, and it was damaged? Or maybe you got it from the store and got it home and opened the box and it was damaged. And what do we do? We go back to the store or we send it back so we can get it place. It is damaged goods. Amen. We don't really want them to repair what was damaged. We really just want a new one. Amen. You ever thought about that? We don't want that same thing that was bad. We want a brand new one, don't we? Amen. And God could have done the same thing. He could have just got rid of us. He could have got rid of Adam and Eve and just made him some more people. Amen? But God had grace and mercy. Thank God for grace, God's grace and his mercy. All right? So we, we leave Genesis. Okay, so let's go, oh, let's read verse 22. I'm sorry, I can't forget that. That's important. Verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 22. Let's read. And the Lord God said, Behold, man has become in one of us to know good and evil, and now he must have put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live forever. So God did not create man to know good and evil. That wasn't his intention. That's why he told him, don't bother that tree. Amen. But in man's disobedience and our curiosity, we go ahead and yield to that which we know we shouldn't do. Now let's travel to 1 Samuel. And I'm going somewhere with this. It's going to come all, it's all going to all come together after a while. Go to 1 Samuel, the first chapter. Amen. And we're going to begin at verse 1. Say amen when you have it. Amen. Let us read it all together. Philadelphia, as Bishop used to say. <laughs> um, and his name was the son of Jerome, the son of Elihu, the son of the son of and He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. And the name of the other was Penani. And Penani had children, but Hannah had no children. And when this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice, and the two sons of and the of the Lord, there. Amen. And when the time Gave Penani his wife. So he took care of his kids and his wife, but unto Hannah he did what? For he loved Hannah, but the Lord shut up her womb. And you know, verse verse 5 is special to me because you know, I've seen instances where you know, maybe the wife had a hard time getting pregnant or keeping children. And the husband grows resentful toward the wife as if it was her fault. And uh, some of them even end up in adultery and treating their wives bitter simply over something that she can't help. But the scripture here says that he loved her. Amen? Uh Take note of that, brothers. He loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. In other words, the fact that her womb was shut up he didn't hold that against her. He still loved her. Amen. And that stood out to me, but, you know, amen. We could ponder on that. So, verse seven, let's read. And did not eat. So, okay. Okay, so then verse 8 says, Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? You know, a, a, a man that loves his woman does not want to see her unhappy. He can't have any... That's if he loves her. Now, if he doesn't love her, he doesn't care how she feels. Amen. When a man that truly loves his wife, when he, he sees that she's distraught, when he sees that she's not happy, when, she, when he sees that she's bothered, amen, he can't rest easy. Why? Because he loves her. Can the church say amen? Amen. He says, am I not better than 10 sons? But, and what he failed to realize, yea, you may be better than 10 sons, but to her, she wants a child. She's not like the women of today who the enemy has robbed a lot of women of their maternal instincts. They don't want children. In fact, they look look down on women who have children. They look down on women uh, who are married. They look down on women who love their husbands and cater to their husbands. Uh, Because they're into other things. The enemy has just robbed. scripture says, will a mother forsake her suckling child? Yeah, he'll abort her out of the womb before he's even born. Amen? And so that's the day that we live in. But Hannah is not this kind of woman. Amen? Uh, Hannah desperately wanted the child. Verse 9, let's read. Yes. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid but will give it a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and, and there shall no be no razor come upon his head read and are fast, and not to yes therefore so stop right here so here Eli the priest is watching her pray. He can't hear what she he's really meddling. Amen. But she's not saying anything out loud. But she's communicating with God. And she's putting her petition out before God before God. And Eli is observing, and he begins to pass judgment on this woman. This is the priest. And he's passing judgment on this woman. We have to be ever so careful that we not pass judgment on people when we see them do something that we feel like is out of the norm. If we only knew the whole story. Here this woman is pouring her heart out to God and the priest is judging her on how she's praying or he, he perceived that she was drunk. And sometimes Elder Amos used to preach a message years ago. What it looked like ain't always is. Y'all remember that? He used to preach that message. And what it looked like to Eli, that's, that's not what it was. And so Hannah goes on to explain to him. What verse do we leave off at? I think we're at, oh, we're at verse 12. We ready for fourteen? Okay, let's read. And Eli said unto her, "How long wilt thou be drunken, and put away thy wine from thee?" Look at him judging this woman. Right? Read. She shouldn't have had to explain this to him, but he was the priest. So that's us show to the priest. Amen. Read verse 16. Don't, don't look at me as a heathen. Don't look at me as a daughter of Belial. I'm pouring my heart out to God because my soul is bitter. Amen. Read. And thank God that was suffice for Eli. Read verse 17. answered Amen. So she didn't have to sit there and convince him. Verse 18. And she, and she said, I lift up enemy, and from side. So the Amen. So uh Eli redirected his train of thought and her her countenance was lifted as a result of that. Amen? Now, I bring all that up to say this. You know, when you talk about damaged goods, and I'm going to read a definition to you about damaged goods. Damaged goods are products that are broken, cracked, scratched. Uh, informal definition, a person who is considered... To to be no longer desirable or valuable. Amen. I think about when Adam fell in the garden. God could have simply looked at on Adam as undesirable, and you know God hates sin, and that's what Adam just did. Um, he says he says no longer desirable, desirable or valuable because of something that has happened, a person whose reputation is damaged. And a lot of times what we need to understand, first of all, we're all born in sin and shaped and iniquity, so we're all damaged goods when we come into this world. But even further than that, we need to understand once he calls us into the body of Christ. Amen. when we come into the body of Christ, although we have the Holy Ghost, But now the learning begins. The renewal of mind begins. Because we have some old tendencies. Amen. If you look around and if you've been saved any amount of time, amen, we all have certain personalities. We don't all have the same personality. Amen. And God knew uh, when He called me into the body, He knew I had a certain personality, He knew I had baggage. He knew I had some issues, but it didn't stop him from bringing me into the body. When he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, he knew you had a certain personality. He knew you had issues. He knew you had baggage. But that didn't stop him from bringing you into the body. Not only that, God knew that some of my baggage and some of my issues would rub you, 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 and you the wrong way. Amen. God knew that some of my issues, when you behold them, uh, it would turn you off. And likewise, when he brought you in, he knew that some of your issues and baggage would run run me the wrong way. This would seem like a disaster, but then Jesus gives the commandment, I want you to love one another as I loved you. Amen. Uh, Yes, in the church, we all have issues, we all have personality traits, we all have all things that rub each other the wrong way, and even in marriage, you know, that's a more intimate, close relationship you really find out about people once you live with them, and you gotta put up with each other, all their quirks and all their idiosyncrasies, and God expects all of us to love one another through their issues. Can the church say Amen. Amen. Can I have some water, please? Amen. So God knew all of this when he brought us together. And he wants us, amen, to love each other through these things. Uh, There are many of us, amen, we've experienced things in life that have molded and shaped our personalities. Amen. And because of some trauma, that we receive. Thank you so much. Because of trauma that we receive, we set up defense mechanisms. And why do we set up defense mechanisms? So we don't get what? So we don't get hurt again. And sometimes those defense mechanisms manifest in negative behaviors. Harmful behaviors. So that when we behold these negative harmful behaviors that turns us off. Makes us not want to be by. But if you only knew the whole story. If you only when we come through the door there are, sometimes people can come through the door and you can see the residue of where they came from. right. And then there's others that come through the door all they, although they just walked out of hell they know how to put on a smiling face. They know how to look the part and look like they have it together. But on the inside, they're broken. And we don't see that other side until certain buttons are pushed. Mm -hmm. And when those buttons get pushed, then we see their negative behavior. And God set this thing up. He gave us the spirit. He's already commanded us to love one another as he has loved us. Now he wants us to practice his love yes. on each other. That's why. That's why. We've all come through things, and we got to be careful. When we see people come in, and we see something about them that's undesirable, but yet they want to come to Christ, and even after they get filled with the Holy Ghost, we might see some manifestations of what they came from. And we have no idea what they had to go through just to get here. But yet, we have passed judgment. We've already decided in our minds we don't want to be bothered with them. We write them off. And God has given them gifts. God will even use them. But because of our own prejudice, God ain't using them. Because we don't like somebody might get up here and start preaching, and because we don't like the vessel, we ignore the divine word that's coming out of their mouth. Or maybe they a singer and they can sing well and 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 invoke the presence of the Lord, but because of what we have going on up here, and because love is not operating the way it's supposed to, now we can't even receive the benefits of their gift. Amy, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm taking my time tonight. I hope y'all getting something out of this. If you only knew the whole story. Years ago, I used to work for the Indiana Children's Bureau, Children's Bureau of Indiana, at a place called the Family Support Center. And this was a place um, if a parent, let's say a mother, was on drugs, and her life was spinning out of control, but she had a child, and she was really not in a place to properly care for this child, where she could take the child and drop the child off at this safe place while she goes and gets herself together, while she goes to rehab, or whatever the case may be. Maybe a parent is in jail or something, Well, this was a safe place for a child to go. And so I used to work at this place, and we dealt with kids anywhere from four or five years old up to age 18. And so there were all kinds of kids, and most of these kids had emotional issues. Um, most of them had anger issues. Um, most of them had come from dysfunctional backgrounds. And so what stood out to me, there was this little boy. He was a little, little fella. He was about five years old. Some of you may have heard me share this before. This little boy was so full of anger. Uh, not only was he full of anger, he was very violent. Uh, unprovoked anger. Uh, just out of the clear blue, we, you know, at dinner time and lunchtime, we couldn't allow him to have a regular fork. Because unannounced, unprovoked, he might grab the fork and come lunging at you with the floor, with the fork. Uh, this kid would go into rages, he would go and knock things over. He might knock nightstands over. Whatever he was strong enough to knock over, he would do this. And this kid was just out of control. Now we usually dealt with 12 to 15 kids at a time, but when this kid was around, they had to devote one staff member to that child just to watch him. Because he was that much of a handful. And you know, I'm from an old school, you know. When, when I was growing up, they wasn't passing out Ritalin and Pro- Prozac, and they wasn't saying you had ADHD or whatever they call it. And so if you had any of that kind of stuff, uh, the parents in that day, they had a remedy for it, And they would pull out the strap, amen, and they would apply the strap. And somehow, your behavior would change, at least for the time being, amen? But during this time, they were pumping these kids up with drugs, Prozac, Redlin, And a lot of times, the side effects of these medicines would manifest in very harmful ways. Uh, but in the same breath, we tell telling the kids to stay away from drugs. Amen? So this kid, they was giving him Prozac. They was giving him all sorts of drugs to calm him down. And in the back of my mind, because of the way I was raised, I'm thinking, I just need five minutes for you. Just give me five minutes. And I'm going to straighten this boy out. And of course, you couldn't do that, right? But that's what I was thinking, because that's the way I was raised. Whenever I was acting out of control, there was a remedy. So I'm thinking, that's all this boy needs. He don't need no Prozac or Ritman. He just needs some good old-fashioned discipline. Uh, This boy was so bad that staff members, admittedly, they would call off work. Cause they didn't want to deal with him. They would use up their sick time and vacation time just to avoid dealing with this guy. And um, I didn't call off for that reason. I needed my money. So, you know, I would have a lot of times I was stuck dealing with this kid one on one. So, uh, I, I began to wonder in my mind, I'm like, what in the world is causing this kid to act this way? So I went to the office and I pulled his file. I sat down and I began to read up on the kid. Now, before I started reading, I wanted to take my belt off and and teach him a lesson. But as I began to read this boy's file, I began to read that his father was in prison for sexually molesting him. He's only five. And he's already been molested by his father. This young man also sat by at the age of about four and he watched his mother put a gun to her head and blow her brains out. I felt convicted right away. I went from wanting to take my belt off and whoop this kid to feeling the intense need to pray for this child. It changed my perspective. Just like when Hannah gave her perspective to, to Eli, he changed his tune. And all, of I, all I said, and I, I couldn't help but think about how I wanted to just go ahead and take care of him. If we only knew the whole story. If you only knew, whoever it is among the body of Christ, that you'd rather not be around for whatever reason, you don't know the whole story. You don't know why they are the way that they are. You don't know why they're so argumentative. You don't know why uh, they're so mean. Uh, you don't know why they have this quirk or that quirk. Uh, you don't know why they won't let you into their space. You don't know why as soon as church is over, they out the door. You, you don't, there, there's reasons. And God, imagine if God allowed all of us, to pull each other's file. Let me see the hands of you that would want that. I don't want you looking at my file. Nor did Jesus say, hey, I'm going to let you read each other's file so that you'll understand the whole story. No, he didn't say that. He says, I want you to love one another as I love you. Now, Jesus had all of our fouls. He knew what the deal was. If we knew some things about each other, we couldn't handle it. We couldn't even deal with it. Amen? You, you couldn't hear a message. You, you, you couldn't listen to a song. You couldn't even listen to a testimony from certain people if you knew certain things about their past. And He didn't call us to know everything there was to know about people's past. He simply tells us, love one another as I have loved you. Are y'all getting something out of (laughs) this? Amen. So let's go to John, the 13th chapter. St. John, 13th chapter. And we're going to read verse 34. I'm I'm getting there. I said 13, didn't I? Yep. 13 and verse 34. And let us read. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. Not that you go and pull each other's fire, But that you love one another. And how? Love them as I have loved you. Um, he says, by this shall all men, I mean the sinners too. Know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one toward another. You know these new shirts and hoodies that we have for agape? We are agape. I find myself, whenever I put on my hoodie, examining myself. Can I really wear this hoodie? Am I wearing this hoodie while I'm mistreating my brother and sister? Am I really agape? It it gives me, it gives me, it causes me to think, you know, if I'm going to wear this this, this hoodie or this t-shirt, I need to live up to what it's saying. We are agape. Do you realize what we're saying when we say we are agape? We're saying that we are the love of Christ. We are the ones that's going to love you unconditionally. That's what we say. Let us examine ourselves. Can we really wear the shirt or the hoodie? What does it look like when you're wearing a shirt that says we are agape and we're out in public acting on the food? Going off on the cashier. This is agape going off on the cashier. This is agape when somebody cuts you off and you blow your horn at them. That's agape. When you, even when you go to the place and they're trying to rip you off, you still need to have like my agape. Amen. Even though they're wronging you, the Bible says, pray for them and despitefully use you. Are we agape? The church, the body of Christ, is a mechanism To draw the world in. Amen. And if we don't have love. The more we don't love one another. We weaken the body. We make the body less effective. We were able to come to Christ. Because the love of God was fully functioning in him. And it went all the way to the cross. He loved us so much. Have you ever thought about when he went through on the cross? Think about the worst trial you've ever been in in your life. Was it as bad as going through the cross? Being spat upon? Most of us, we got spat upon, we ready to fight. Why? Because that's nasty, right? The Bible said he opened out his mouth. They mocked him. Before actually going to the cross, they beat him senselessly. Catanine tells with rocks and glass and sharp objects digging into his skin as they beat him. Not because he had committed sins. The scripture says he is the, our, uh, the perpetuation for our sins. And he's telling us, I want you to love each other like that. I know we want to shout the man. I know we want to run. Amen. But this is the cause us to examine. You know, I had to examine myself. Man, my, Man, can I even preach this message? Amen. How many times have I not been unhappy? How many times have I not looked beyond people's faults and saw their needs? This go- you can go to your home with this. How am I treating my spouse? When your spouse rubs you the wrong way, how do I respond? Is agape coming out? Or is my flesh coming out? It's a message to cause us to examine ourselves. Amen? Amen? Amen. Uh, I didn't expect us to run and shout tonight. But sometimes we just need a reality check. Go to uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter. We almost done here. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and we're gonna read verses one through six. Say amen when you have it. Read. And we're called to love each other, right? He says, walk worthy of it. Verse two. What does forbear mean? Y'all hear that? We're supposed to put up with one another. We're supposed to love, you know, scripture says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. When she got issues, I'm commanding you to love her through her issues. Amen? Amen. Am I in the book? We're supposed to love one another through our issues. We say that we are the church that will love you to life. So that means death is going to be walking through these doors. And God has charged all of us to love those that come through the doors to life. But we practice on each other. Because we have some death tendencies that we brought into the life. And God is helping us to work through our issues, isn't he? Amen. Amen. I'm almost done here. Amen. I just wanted us to think tonight. Let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter. Verse 9. we almost done. Romans 12 and verse 9. Say amen when you have it. Amen. And let's read. Let love be without hypocrisy. Be without hypocrisy. Read. Verse 10. Preferring one another. I don't always get my way. I'll let my brother or or sister get her way. Amen? Amen. Isn't that right? One more scripture and we're done. That's 1 John, the fourth chapter. 1 John, the fourth chapter, verses 7 through 12. Say amen when you have it. And let us read at verse seven. Let us this is the love of God So this is the kind of love that we're supposed to exhibit. We start with one another. Amen? Amen. This is the training ground. This is the testing ground. Because there's going to be death walking through the door, the dead in trespasses and sins. And God is counting on us to love them to life. But how well are we going to do loving them to life? If we don't love each other, mm. I don't. I don't blame y'all for being quiet because right. I'm thinking, Lord, you want me to preach this? <laughs> right. Amen. So this is definitely challenging me. Where do we stop off? No, that's we're ready for ten. Yeah. Let's read. So God loved us first. We can't have an attitude where I'll love them if they treat me right. No, you love them first. Amen? Because we are the church that will what? Verse 11, let's read. Verse 12. His love, do you realize God's love can be perfected in us? But well, we have to be willing to practice it. Amen. Amen. That's all. I'm done. I think I've given us enough to think about. Amen. At least we got our shout in before the word came. Amen. But now, if you embrace this word, now you got something to shout about. Amen. At this time. The altar is open. Um, if there's anybody here, I'm scared to come.